This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. So glad that you're joining us this evening. I always talk to you before I go into an interview. How about excited I am when it comes to getting to know people from different aspects of the wrestling industry. We've talked to trainers before. We've talked to wrestlers, obviously. We've talked to referees. We've talked to people who make the gear. The whole nine yards. But tonight, we get to talk to a promoter. We get to talk about somebody who does promoting for professional wrestling. So what we are going to do is I'm going to go ahead and bring on in Ken Hoover, who is joining us right now. He's with Cage Promotion. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you today? I am excellent. So as you can tell in the intro, we've talked to people in different forms uh, in the wrestling industry, but definitely promotions is has got to be one of the trickiest things out there, uh, making sure all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and make sure everything lines up perfectly so a show can go off without a hitch so let me first kind of start off with you how did you uh how did you kind of get into kh the the promotions business itself um the way i got into it is um during the pandemic i lost my job and uh, i wanted to do something different with my life i'm 39 and you know my kids are getting older and you know the nine to five just ain't cutting it so you know i was looking for something that i enjoy doing in life and uh what really takes me away in life is when i sit down and watch monday night raw or friday night 
SmackDown or even AEW because, you know, them two hours just take you out of your normal life. So, so what I basically did is, um, I wanted to do meet and greets with the wrestlers. I wanted to bring them into conventions and see what it was like to be on the other side of the table instead of being on the side where you pay for the autographs. I figured I'd be on the side taking money and uh, I just see how it goes. You know, I figured, you know, I got, got a little bit of money from the pandemic, you know, why not try it out? What's the worst that could happen? I'll lose a couple grand and I'll just go back to working. Right. So I had to figure out how you get hold of the, the talent and I uh, wasn't really sure how to do that. So I, I got in contact with a, a few people I knew that uh, did signings and um, the best advice I was given was check out Twitter and Instagram. A lot of them have booking information on there and you can email them directly. So that's, um, I started out with Carlito last June, sent them an email and we've been off since then. It was very easy to talk to him. Carlito's a great guy. Wow. So, you know, basically it's, you're starting from ground zero, a, a brand new business, something you decided that you were a huge fan and you just wanted to go ahead and, kind of dip your toes into the water and if it didn't work out it didn't work out but at least we're going to give it a try yeah you know um if you don't try then how do you know if it's ever going to work out you know you can't be afraid to try new things and um you know i i wanted to put my foot out there see if i get in the door try things out and um lucky for me here it's a year later i'm still here i, I made some friends in the business so um that that helps out too but um, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're afraid to try new things, you're not going to really get far. And I just had a love for professional wrestling as a kid. Um, I, I used to watch it with my uncle Kevin. Uh, he used to be a huge fan of the Ultimate Warrior. You know, he, you know, Warrior is Jack come running down there and you know starts shaking the ropes. And you just as a, a five year old kid, you're like, whoa, what intensity! And then my first uh, favorite wrestlers would have been uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Rockers, because as a young kid, I thought what they were doing off the top rope and the double super kicks were like crazy cool and i'm like whoa you don't see any other tag teams jumping off the top rope like that and stuff so uh, i guess uh they would have been the first people that i was fans of myself so obviously you're watching it as a kid and you said you were watching it with your uncle and that kind of really drew you in did you ever think at any point in time you know as you were going through life obviously prior to this that you would be involved in the wrestling business or was it just something that you saw as an entertainment form or a form of escape? Um, to be honest with you, you know, when you watch wrestling as a young kid, you, you always dream about being at WrestleMania, being that world champion, you know? It's, it's you know, the American dream, if you want to put it that way, for every child that watches wrestling growing up. I mean, as a fan of Shawn Michaels, when he won the world title, you know, I, I was like, man, I wish I could pull that off. I was like, one day I'd like to do that. But, you know, as you get older focus has changed and you don't always go with your dreams and then sometimes you get scared to jump in the frying pan and then you know what I mean? you miss out you know so, so you um yeah i've always had dreams of doing something in the wrestling world um i never thought it'd actually pan out and then 2020 was uh, a blessing in disguise for us at my household so was it just you or was there anybody else that was you were working with i mean obviously getting hold of people and making networking connections or were you just hustling each and every day i i was uh trying to learn you know i was putting the work talking to people um i did have a helping hand um one half of spf south philly's finest luca brazi is a close friend of mine, and he introduced me to Anthony McKeegan and Paul Bo, the guys who run PPW, and they've been yeah. around for eight years running great shows. So, I mean, that was honestly a blessing. That happened within sixty less than 60 days of me uh, becoming a promoter, meeting them. And uh, I've been at just about every show they put on every month, bringing in talent and uh, 
we usually do icons. We try to get the legends of the ring. Uh, we've been down to Baltimore Celeb Fest. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could say Luca Bronzi actually gave me the 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 hand to shake to start uh, most of my work because uh, Anthony McKeegan and Paul Bo have been helping me get talent because obviously they've been around for eight years. I got a lot of phone numbers and um, they trusted me right away. So, um God bless me for that. I don't know how I pulled that one off. And then Offa Jr. also works with them a lot, too, at PPW. And uh, I got really close to him within a few months, too. Uh, he seemed to like me a lot. So I'm blessed to have him as a friend because he guides me in the right way. And, uh, you know, ain't nothing wrong with having a Samoan on your side when you're in the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? Not Especially in the so. Valley. I'm with you 100%. So when it comes to starting everything off, you know, it's it's money out of your own pocket. And you had mentioned before, and, and maybe you can kind of clarify it me as we kind of go along here. So when you first start out, you have your own money, you're paying people to, are you booking them for your specific event or are you contracted out to work with a, a separate venue who is holding an event? How does all of that logistics work? Well, for me, um, I personally contact them and then I like to bring them into the shows. Like I started off at uh one of Bud Carson's shows right here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. That's where we brought Carlito. I knew Bud growing up because he had a store around here. And um, I just said, hey, would you mind if I joined your convention and brought somebody in? He said, yeah. So I, that's uh, when I contacted Carlito and put out, you know, contact uh, maybe like two other people just to see who would get back to me. And yeah, that that's pretty much what started. So I just brought him into the convention, paid the booking fees, and at the current moment, I still pretty much run like the same deal. Like I'll bring him into a convention, and then uh, if PPW is running a show, I'll try to bring in talent for a show to do an autograph signing before the show and an intermissions. And then uh, if they're interested in uh, getting them on the show, I I hook the talent up with uh, Anthony McKeegan. They work out a, a deal to be on the show. And we just go from there. And uh, I'm just happy to help, you know, bring more people into the show. And I'm, I'm happy to see the wrestlers, you know, make a little more money, get in the ring. Uh, I'm always proud to see them in the ring, especially when, you know, I'm the promoter that brought them to the show. I mean, it takes a special place with me. It's one of the few things that I enjoy the most is, is like having the honor and the privilege to record the match. Thanks to Anthony Keegan and Paul Bo giving me permission. And then, you know, just saying, hey, you know, I was part of that. I brought them in. I, I helped make that happen. It's so. got to feel good. Like you said before, it feels good because when you see the audience enjoy themselves and you see the kids out there and they're having a good time oh, and it's yeah. a packed house, you had a very large part of building the house. And and once again, as you said before, there's a, there's a lot of pride that goes into that, that knowing that, you know what, I, I did contribute oh, yeah. to all of this. Well, I actually brought Buddy Murphy into PPW for his first wrestling match since he uh, left WWE. The first time he wrestled was for PPW. For PPW, uh, most people didn't know that. They thought the first time he, he was going to wrestle was for uh, Icons. Great people. I love them. I actually brought in Icons, too, and he did wrestle for them. But, uh, yeah, that's actually a big accomplishment for me. And um, I actually brought uh, Tasha Steeles into PPW last month, and she won the PPW Women's World title. I mean, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of that moment because I'm a big part of that moment. I brought her in for that show. I'm, you know... If I didn't bring her in with that title change hands, or would Danny Moe still be the PPW Women's Champion right now? I don't know, but apparently I rocked PPW's world a little bit because um, they didn't ring the bell after the three count. They, everybody was in shock. The commentators, the fans, it, it was like complete silence. And then they realized she won, and she started to let them know how she felt about it, and they started booing her out the building. 
it was a great thing to be a part of. I don't know if I'm a heel inside, but <laughs> all that booing made me feel so great inside. I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed Buddy getting cheered, but the booze from Tasha Steele just filled my soul. I, I think I, I think I might be a heel. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let me ask you about this. So when you bring stars in, obviously they have a, a booking fee, right? Let's just let's yeah, just sure. say ten dollars. I'm just using round numbers. Yeah, now, we'll use ten dollars. When it comes to that. Is that also including transportation as well? Because we always hear the word trans. You know, is that yeah, additional to that? Yes. Uh, yes. You say the booking fee is ten dollars. All right, and then you know you got to play. You got to pay for their ticket back and forth to get them. You know, out to your show and back home because you know what I mean. It, it, it's it's benefiting you to have them. You know, so you pay for their, their flights. You'll pay for their hotel stays if they're staying overnight, and then. Um, I personally pick them up. I have a nice vehicles. I take very good care of my vehicles and I take very big pride in being the person to greet them when they get off the airplane. So I don't really like to send people out to pick them up. Um, being that I'm doing a business, I like to be the one that walk up and say like, we'll have Godfather and Bob Morton this Saturday at Legends of the Ring at PPW. I get, I want to be the one to get out of the car because it's my first time Bob and shake his hand and say, Hey, don't Bob. My name's Ken. It's great to meet you. You know, and then take him out to lunch and hang out with him, get to know him real quick. That's my thing. Same thing with Godfather when he gets in. You know, I walk up, I I, I shake his hand, I call him by by his real name, and I, I ask him how he's doing. I I just I feel like as the owner of the business, that's just something I should be doing right now. No, that makes a total sense. I mean, you're once again, it just shows the hospitality and it shows how much pride yes, and respect you have for the business. And I think that goes really, really far. And I think when people see that and they see, man, he's going that extra step, he's making sure to shake hands. He's making sure that he's the one not only yes, is accountable for all of this, but he's physically going to be there to greet me and to make sure I get from point A to point B safely. And then obviously back to the airport. Um, it's got to get expensive. I mean, I'm not going to ask numbers here, but I mean, I've just heard, you know, through the grapevine, let's just say somebody has, you know, a booking that's a thousand dollars. And yeah. then obviously there's trans as well. Does it ever come to a situation where there's a negotiating that has to go in? Or is it something that it's like, you know what, this is kind of my hard bottom dollar because obviously there's a budget that has to fall into play as well. So you're having to look at the books as well. Does that become difficult sometimes when you really want to bring someone in and the, the money aspect is, is kind of something tying everything up? Yeah. Uh, sometimes the booking fees are, are a little out of range. I, I run the business by myself. I don't have a partner that, that helps uh, put money into it. It's just me. But uh, I honestly, um, like you were saying, the, the hands-on experience, I go shake their hands. I take them out to dinner you know, I, I don't take photos with them at the airports. We don't take photos while we're out to eat. I, I respect them as if they're one of my friends coming into town from a long journey, and I, I want to take them out, ask them how they're doing, talk to them. Uh, that level of respect I show to them, actually, you're right, does go a long way. I haven't booked anyone that doesn't want to come back out with Cage Promotions, that doesn't want to go back to PPW with me if they could. Everybody has a good time. So, um I, I, like I said, I just, I try to keep everything hands-on. So um, I respect their booking fees. So if you, let's just say somebody's charging, like you said, a thousand dollars for a booking fee. If I don't have it, I, I try to keep honest. I learned uh, a lesson from Luca Brasi. He told me, no matter what, don't bullshit. Always cut right to the truth and be honest with them, no matter what kind of situation you're in, and they'll respect you more. 
Now, I've never had to shave anyone's booking fees or ask for a deal, and I, I don't really care to. Now, if I get them on a double show and they offer me a better price for two appearances versus one, of course I would take that. Well, I would be a fool not to. <laughs> but um, other than that, I, I don't really gouge their booking fees. If I can't do it, I just tell them straight out, I'm sorry, I can't afford this. Like, not, not I can't afford it, but uh, I can't accommodate that right now. I'm going to keep you in mind for a future event because most people I reach out to, I would love to work with everybody at least one time, you know, get the feel for everybody. It's, it's a great business. I mean, the love for wrestling, like um, I had Earl Hebner and icons and Bret Hart was there and I, I got to walk, walk uh, Earl's backstage and I got to watch Bret Hart come down the steps and look up and see Earl Hebner and the, the pure joy on Bret Hart's face. Most people think they don't like each other, but the pure joy is all worth what I do. All worth what I do. The fans that come up and, and Earl Hebner will sign a photo for free and give it to them. And, and the, the look of joy on their face is just, that's basically my payment is to try to do something good for the wrestling community that took care of me for 39 years. I, I'm here, I'm sane. And like I said, it, it's from wrestling. I enjoy it. I, I Raw takes me away from my, my nine to five, my regular life. I'm married. I got four kids. It takes me away. We sit down. I sit down with the kids. We watch wrestling. My little sons are sitting there playing with the wrestlers, commentating his match while we're watching, and we're just in our own little world for three hours. And it's the most peaceful time of my entire week. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Tribal Chief. That's why I said I think I might be a little bit of a heel. Because before he was the Tribal Chief, I didn't really care for him. But, you know, but, um, yeah, always respectful of the talent. Um, what their booking fee is is what they think they're worth. And nine out of ten, that is what they're worth. So I don't try to gouge. Like I said, a lot of times these guys love coming out with me. So hey, maybe in the future they'll 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 they'll, they'll give Kenny a deal or two. Who knows? I'm down for everything. Let me ask you this: just some some random questions here. Um, yeah, I'm going to throw out some things, and you tell me the first name that comes to mind. You ready? Yeah. Uh, literally the funniest person, or one of the funniest people, just genuinely funny, just casually that uh, you've actually got to work with. Oh goodness. Wow, that, that, that's a toss-up between D'Lo Brown and The Godfather. They are hilarious. Um, um, oh, and he's Slater. Yeah, that has to be a three-way tie because Slater, we, we were working with him over the weekend, uh, I think back in uh, February, and I, I bro, a two-hour car ride, nothing but laughing. That's a good car ride. Yes. Two hours, that man does not let any silence go. If you're sitting there and say, say you just start paying attention to really the conversation pours out, he, he just screams out, oh, baby. And, and, you know, we're in a little Toyota, so it <laughs> rings. It rings. So he'll keep you awake, and he's a funny guy. Um, yeah, let, let, me, let, me give that to, let me give it to Slater as one of the funniest people out there that you probably wouldn't expect to be that genuinely funny in real life. And uh, Godfather and D'Lo are definitely close second there. I'm going to throw this out here. Jokester. Is there anybody? I know comedy and joking kind of goes hand in hand, but is there anybody who's just, you've noticed is kind of a jokester, just kind of really keeps the atmosphere fun and maybe has pulled a, a little rib here and there on anybody. Anything that pops to mind? Uh, that that goes back to Slater too. When we were hanging out that weekend, I had my buddy Matt with me and uh, he, he's usually my camera guy. He makes my images for me. He's, he's uh He's my wife's cousin, so he's like a family member. So uh, we, I had him with me because my wife was busy this weekend. And uh, like I said, Heath will make you laugh the whole time. He was messing with Matt the whole time. And I think the best thing I saw is he he um, signed a photo to Matt saying, 
Stop fucking up, Matt. Love Heath Slater. Oh, baby. And love it. I loved it. It was the funniest signed photo I ever seen in my life. To Matt, stop fucking up. Love Heath Slater. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, I must have like, laughed so hard I couldn't hold myself back up. Wow. And, and still to this day, that's probably the best thing I've seen written on an 8x10 and given to anybody I knew. Unbelievable. You said that you, you know, sometimes pick people up and then obviously you guys go out to eat. Um, any any funny restaurant stories or maybe fans who notice you guys walking in the door? Um, any the stars say anything about, hey, you know what, this is pretty typical or any interactions with just the general public when you guys are just trying to get to know each other and they just got into town? Well, uh, mostly people are pretty respectful of us. We just sit down at a table and eat together, but... Uh... Carlito, the second time I had him out, because I had him out twice, the hair, man, the hair. So we pulled up to a gas station, and some lady was right next to us, seen him get out and got all hysterical. Started like, oh, Bobby, look, it's Carlito, it's Carlito, it's Carlito. And she was so happy, and she said, and, and she asked if she could have a photo. I didn't, I just, whatever he wants to do. You know what I mean? He said, yeah, and and, and the, the joy on that lady's face, honestly, was just like, Worth the whole day of what we did. I said, I said, I looked at him and said, this is what I got into doing the wrestling thing that to, to make people happy, to see that genuine joy, like the, the happiness she brought to that lady was like <laughs> astonishing. I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit because she was so excited, bro. I thought she was going to cry. That's how happy she was. And that, that was great for me. I think you'll agree that f- for my, or in my opinion, I think that's why the make a wish is so amazing and what WWE does with make a wish oh, yeah. and being, to being able to be there and that with those kids who are going through so much and to see the joy that they have on their face when they are going through some unbelievable times. I mean, times that I can't even begin oh, to fathom. Them kids are tougher than I ever could be, bro. Just I mean, to, for, wow. And it's just like you said before, it's that joy, you know, to break it down. It's the joy and the happiness that, wrestling has brought to all of us and the fact that you now get to be a part of something and you still have so much respect for the business and you love it and you get to bring joy to people. I think that what you have, my friend is, is probably a dream job. It really has got to be. I bet a lot of people would love, has anybody ever come up to you and said, Hey, can I work for you? (laughs) Yes. A lot actually. And I keep telling them I'm green as grass. You don't want to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, also, there's uh, the WWE works with Connor's Cure, too, and I think is yes. really awesome. And uh, Tommy Fierro, a friend of mine who runs 80s Con, he actually donates portions of, of their uh, sales to uh, Connor's Cure. I was actually very proudly part of that. Uh, he does some work with them, too, and I think that's amazing. I mean, I mean, it, what, for me, meeting Shawn Michaels the first time, I was like 22, and it was, I was meeting my hero. You know what I mean? That's the guy I watched going up. Like I told you, that was my favorite wrestler. I was upset when he put Marty Janetti through the – the glass but as he kept going i just kept watching i kept watching that's why i said i, I, I might be a little bit of a heel just a little bit <laughs> but uh, i when i first met sean i was i was a little shocked i, I might have shook his hand for longer than 30 seconds i might have forgot to let go <laughs> i'm gonna admit it thank god my wife in here but hey when you meet your heroes it's it's a blessing especially when they're good-hearted people when you meet them because like it sticks with you for a long time let me ask you this i mean i i know all of your clients are are 
a very special place in your heart. And you, it seems like that you treat them like family. And I feel like that's the feeling I get with you is that you treat everybody that comes in contact with you as family and you want to take oh, care you. of them. Let me ask thank you this you. from a complete fanboy perspective on the inside. Sometimes you got to be just jumping up and down, but on the outside, you're a business owner, you're a businessman. Uh, cool. What moments, if you don't mind sharing, were like, oh my, oh my, somebody better give me a glass of water because I cannot believe this literally is happening. Walk me through it. Um, just You know what? That's happened a couple times, man, to be honest with you. My first time backstage at Icons Wrestling when they did Battlefield Pro Wrestling, I was back there with Buddy Murphy and, and Rob Van Dam and, and just so many talent that I was just like, whoa. Am I even supposed to be back here? Like, like I, I almost felt like fanboy there for a minute. Like, you know, I don't feel like I should be back here. And, I, and I, then I have to remember, I have to look down like, oh, that's right. Cage Promotions, House of Hoover. I work with these people. And that's usually where my mind gets blown. Um, Hanging out with the Godfather, dude. That's like, I, I've watched this man growing up saying, pimping ain't easy and roll a fatty for this pimp daddy. And, Hey, man, I'm not going to lie. I, I smoked a few fatties in my time. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that time I got to hang out with the Godfather, I get to hang out with him again this Saturday, of course, at Legends of the Ring and PPW. But um, that was a surreal moment, hanging out with the Godfather, having a drink with the Godfather. And it, it's something else. I mean, I, I, I've had a beer with Earl Hebner. Talked about Andre the Giant and Owen Hart. Surreal moment. Um, hey, I've had a drink with D'Lo Brown. Dilo is one of the coolest guys in this business, one of the most humble people I ever met. That's what he I've heard. He treats everybody like like he's not even Dilo Brown. Like he doesn't recognize who he is. He he I I swear he's so kind and so good hearted. One of the, the best people in the business. Hands down. Great heart. But uh, yeah, a lot of surreal moments, man. Just hanging out with Dilo Brown and having him buy me breakfast after I told him no. That's crazy. Dilo Brown bought me breakfast. I'm hanging out the same guy I watched do the hoe train and come out with like 14 <laughs> girls. And I'm sitting here hanging out with him, having a drink, and he's signing autographs, and I'm on this side of the table sitting next to him. He's holding my T-shirt, taking a photo, holding my T-shirt like this. How can I not? Yeah. No, I'm Actually, he gave me the hat off his head. He, he uh, stole me the hat off his head and signed it. And it's it, it's behind my it's in my glass case. One of the coolest things I own, man, a hat worn by the Godfather. That's amazing. That's so cool. And it, it's so neat because when you have repeat, you know, you bring in your clients again, it's just like it's all over again. It's like, oh my gosh, it's good to see you. And then it's yes, just it is. It's, it's like just, seeing an old friend. Yes. And that is that is so so cool. Let a me lot ask of people say the same thing you do, that I that I come off like I treat everyone like family and, and I try my best, but that's actually the, the the thing I hear the most about me is uh, people get close to me real quick because they, they say I treat them like family and I'm a good person. Like Earl Hebner says I'm like family. He texts me Merry Christmas, texts me Happy New Year. I didn't text him first. I didn't. I don't usually reach out to, to the talent on holidays like that because I don't feel like that's my place. I don't feel like we're close enough. But right. D'Lo Brown hit me up and said Merry Christmas. I mean, come on, man. What better Christmas? But everything I got for Christmas, I opened up my cell phone. Earl Hebner and D'Lo Brown wish me a Merry Christmas. There you go. Doesn't get much better than that. No, it can be better than that unless uh, Godfather sent me a blunt through the mail for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't he have a doesn't he have a place out in Vegas? I want to say. Does he still yep. have a club? 
Uh, I don't think he, he doesn't have a club no more, but he does live out in Vegas. He lives out in Vegas. Um, I know, I know he, um, I know he uh, shows up for uh, Dr. Green Thumbs podcast a lot on Monday. Okay. Uh, he brought D'Lo on this past Monday. You can check that out on YouTube. Um, but no, I don't think he. I don't think he uh, works for Club Cheetah no more. He used to be the owner, but I think he uh, gave that up. I think he sits home. Uh, he does. He does have his own strand in California. Seems like, seems like the I'm man is doing cook. well. Yeah, he <laughs> he is doing well. Sixty-one and looks good. I, I always remember Papa Shango, and uh, I can honestly tell you that creeped me out the first time I saw that, oh, yeah. just because he's just he's a massive man, and oh. with that face paint and then that that top hat, I was just like, holy Smoking crap! Skull. Yes, if put that the doesn't... on the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, he scared me a little bit. Like I said, when I was watching, my my uncle was a fan of the Warriors, so when I seen him curse the Ultimate Warrior, I, I was still in single digit age, so. I was like, ooh, that's a bad man. I told my uncle, I used to hide behind my uncle and yell at him out on the TV. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk about uh, some of your action figures you got back here. I see. So tell me a little bit about how that aspect works as well. Um, is it something that you guys do auctions or how does that work? Uh, we, we do a little bit of both. Um, we, yeah, we got some AW figures. We got some WWE Elite figures that we, that we have laying around here. And basically, what we we'll do is that we'll go live. I uh, take them to the convention with me. We'll sell them for the prices on the stickers. Sometimes I'll do deals and knock a little bit off. Um, just this yesterday on Monday, we did an auction. That was our first time doing an auction, so that that went pretty well. We did pretty well with that. So uh, we'll probably do a few more of those. Uh, we kind of turned the auction into a wrestling match because as people would bid, uh, I had Luca Brazzi up here with me, and we just go, oh. And then we say, you going to let them out bid you? Really? Really? And then we start teasing with them. We start hyping them up. And then, and then we do, you know, going once, going twice, going three times. Except for we go one, two, and then you got the three count you want. But then in the middle of the three count, I'd stop. And then we'd, we'd bring out some more merch and do one of these. Like, oh, don't forget you can get your Kenny Omega figure for $30. And then we talk about it for a minute. And then we'd stop and then go three and then sell it. And, um, nice. oh, my goodness. The, the, the the fans talking back and forth about their football teams and, and the, the smack talk. It was, it was hilarious. I honestly can't wait till we do another one of those. It's creating an environment which creates memories, which means repeat business. If people have a good time, people are willing to come out and support your brand and, and really start to gravitate towards you. And obviously wrestlers talk to other wrestlers and they say, Hey, you know what? I had such a great experience. I want to go ahead and use this promoter. Um, that's how I got in with the Godfather, Elo Brown. He went and told the Godfather beautiful things about me. And now me and Godfather are pretty tight. We, we do a few events together. We're going to be doing the Wrestle, WrestleCade in November together, too. That hasn't been announced yet, but we'll get there. What advice would you give to – I mean, I know you even said you're green and you're, you're new in the business, but it seems like you've got a pretty good handle on this. you got a really good head on your shoulders. Um, Thank you. If somebody said, you know what, I'd love to to pick your brain, you know, we let's sit down, let's get a hamburger or something, and I wanna I wanna know what your thoughts are. If I were to go ahead and do this, what would be your first piece of advice for somebody who says, I want to be just like you? Oh God, I'd say shoot for the stars and think a little higher of yourself. Don't want to be like me, but I mean, if they if they, I mean, if they really want to get into wrestling business. Um, 
I said, I, I don't know the vibe I give off of. My, my wife's told me that she, I remind her of Dominic Tretto from Fast and the Furious. I just attract people. I have an attractive personality, I guess. I don't know why anyone listens to me. I, I wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> I try not to. So half time, I don't even know the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm not listening. But um, I would probably say that the best advice I was given was the first set of advice, and it'd be the first set of advice I'd give somebody else. Always be honest with the talent. Let them know if there's a problem instantly. Don't try to cover the shit and make it smell good. It's not going to work. They're going to find out. They're not going to respect you. I'm always honest. I, I, I try my best to deliver on everything I say I'm going to do. And if something comes up, I'm instantly in contact trying to work it out with them or letting them know what I'm about to do to fix this or plan A, B, and C before I get involved. And so far, it has worked out best for me. And just treat them like they're human beings, man. Don't. Don't walk up and say, hey, let me grab a selfie with you when you when they just got off the plane. Walk up, introduce yourself to them, shake their hand, respect them as people. Okay, like I said, I would love to mark out the Godfather and say, oh, it's so cool. You know, let me let me put on your jacket and your hat real quick, but I ain't got time for that. I, if I want to continue going, I, I, I got to keep it professional. Yeah. Now, Shawn Michaels, I book Shawn Michaels, I, I might have to just give my wife, you know, the shirt and let her run that for the day, and I'm just going to go in line and wait. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just a matter of they're they're people like you two. They're they're just like us, you know. They've been on TV, yes, but um, they need the same thing that me and you need: respect, love, and just treat it like decent human beings, man. You'd be amazed how, how far um, a, a simple gesture, as in just picking up a tab for dinner. I mean, twenty bucks for for a plate versus a friendship for life, man. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. Very good point. Um, so let's go ahead and let's plug some stuff here. What are some upcoming things that you'd like to go ahead and mention? Um, the floor is completely yours. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, like, I, like I said, we have Legend of the Ring this Saturday and PPW at Godfather and Bob Orton. Uh, I have a Facebook Live virtual signing that I'm co-hosting with uh, Wrestling Asylum with Tasha Steeles on June 25th. You can check us out. We might even have some ring-worn gear there, unless I buy it first. You got to watch. Um <laughs> And then August 6th, we'll be putting on, we'll be at Icons and we'll be on a Facebook virtual again with uh, co hosting with Wrestling Asylum with Johnny Gargano or Johnny Wrestling. So that should be fun. Right now, tickets are available on cagepromotions.square.site. You can check me out on Facebook at Cage Promotions. You can check me out on Instagram at Cage Promotions, Twitter at Cage Promotions, and on Twitch. We're trying to start some Twitch up. So uh, if you go to, Facebook, Instagram, you'll, you'll find all our signings, what we're doing. The cage square is posted there, so you can buy your tickets in advance for any signing we do. And, yeah, I think that's all we got so far. Are you also on Twitter? I'm not sure if I heard you say Twitter. Oh, yes, I'm also on Twitter, too. Just look me up at Cage Promotions. I think it's uh, the handles at HOV4568. Perfect. This is so exciting. I mean, it, it's neat to learn – about different sides of the wrestling business that I would not have normally gotten a chance to, to know and to get to know people and know what you do and all the work that goes into it to putting oh, together yeah. a you, show. You'd be amazed all the work that goes in backstage. It's one of the reasons I, I told you it's such a shock to go backstage and to see all the different people and what they got to do back there. Um, actually, I've been hanging out with uh, Alpha Jr. at his uh, wrestling school. So if anyone's interested in that, it's a Battlefield Pro Wrestling uh, performance center it's up there in broad as and um uh just going up there hanging out with him and watching the 
his performance center and uh, all the different things you have to do. And uh, I, I even wrote a three month storyline that he looked over for me just to see how, how I was at doing some backstage things. Cause I was, you know, interested in learning some of the aspects backstage just to see all the work that goes into it. You know, the people that don't really get that applause or the thank you, you know, everyone backstage, the guy hitting the music, the one setting off the pyros, you know, the one, the one uh, sitting behind the table doing all the commentary, you know, there's just take, so much to it. There's a guy that rings the bell, you know. There's a lot to it back there. Pretty well, it sure. Take, it takes everybody to make something go off, and all hands need to be on deck. And it seems like you have really mastered that, and uh, you got that that very very good hospitality. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And PPW and any promotion is lucky to be able to work with you. And oh, so you, many bro. stars so are. Much. So many stars are are having great moments because of you. You are the conduit between the stars and the fans. And can oh. I cannot thank you enough, my friend. You know what? That when we brought Buddy Murphy down to Icons, or actually even at PPW, he did a three way match with a facade and JT Dunn, and that that'd be one of the sickest matches I've ever seen at PPW. And then he wrestled Casey Navarro. If you guys don't know who Casey Navarro is, a yes. great talent, man. What an amazing match he put on against Casey Navarro. And I, uh, I think they have a tag team match coming up at the next Icons. But uh, you know how proud I was to be part of that Casey Navarro and uh, Buddy Murphy match? That thing was insane. I've never seen something like it. Like, Casey dives out the ring, and Buddy catches him and then suplex him on the ring apron. No stop in motion. Catches him. Like, he don't catch him and put him in a suplex motion. He put his head down, goes right here. He, he just, boom, it's just instant. No, no stop. And I'm just like, what the hell was that? Insane. I think, I think they call it poetry in motion, as they yes. say in wrestling. Well, wrestling is an art. Let me tell you something. It is one of the finest uh, art performance things I've ever seen. One of the finest arts I've ever seen and got to enjoy watching. Like they say, dancing's an art, you know, opera's an art. Well, wrestling may not be a true sport like everyone says it is. It's sports entertainment, but it's a true art. It takes true artists to do what they do in the ring and to put them sequences together for your entertainment and the risk that they take for your entertainment is way beyond any level of respect that I could ever honestly show these guys for all the years of entertainment they gave me and all the years they've risked their life in the ring and injury and all the the years of recovery from injuries. I, I could never show enough respect to any of these guys. Well, I tell you what, I think you've already done with your actions and your sentiments Ken, this has been so much fun. Is there any chance I could twist your arm to come back again and tell some more stories about what you do? Because it has fascinated me. Hey, man, anytime. I honestly didn't, didn't think we'd even be able to take up 10 minutes with any stories from me, but apparently we've been going for a little while here. So, uh, we've yeah, been anytime going... you want to come back, this was fun, man. It was a great conversation, and uh, I would definitely be open to a second interview. This is actually my first ever interviewer podcast, so... My friend, you you knocked it out of the park. I, I tell you what, you really ha- I was gonna say I'm a this, guy, this guy this guy needs to have his own podcast about telling your stories because your stories would be amazing. But I tell you what, I've got so many more things I want to ask, but we will set up a part two. But Ken, Sounds thank you good. so much for your time, my friend. Well, I'll share my stories with you on your podcast and then I'll think about doing one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll talk to you down the road. Yep. Thank you, brother. All right, guys, that is KH Promotions. Wow, that is so super cool. Like we said before, you know, you meet wrestlers, you meet people who make gear, you you talk to all different facets of the wrestling industry. 
But the promoters and the people who bring people in to all these fan conventions, we don't know what goes in. And there's a lot that goes into it. And we just found out just the tip of the iceberg about what it is. It's about relationship building. Whatever business you're in, it's a relationship business. And it's about treating people like Ken said. And, and I, I think he said it so eloquently. It's about treating people with respect. It's realizing that even though they're on TV, they're just people like you and I. And sit down, have a meal, and get to know who they are. And at that point in time, sometimes you make a fan you make a friend for life. And how cool is it to be able to, you know, shoot the shit when you you sit down and you talk to these guys after he's had his clients back in for time and time again. They become family. And I know a lot of people in the business say wrestling is a family. But you know what? I do believe Ken has a family that uh, he has fostered with his company. And I am so proud of what he, he has accomplished. Another thing I want to mention that, that really stood out was the fact that, you know what, you're never going to know unless you try. You know, you, you're never going to know if you're going to succeed or not unless you go out and just do it. And he made a comment about, you know, sometimes you just got to jump into the frying pan. It's like some people may think sometimes things are cliche, but he's right. How many people, let's be honest, how many people, including ourselves, have said, oh, I'd love to do X, Y, and Z. But yet when push comes to shove, we never do it. We never do it because either self-doubt comes in or... You know, friends say, maybe you shouldn't, but you know what? Ken did it. He did, a, he started a company in the middle of a worldwide, once in a millennium pandemic. And he has been a true American dream once again to steal yet another line from him. But there were so many wonderful ones. Guys, we are going to go ahead and plug his company on our social media outlets. We're definitely going to get him back for a part two. That's once again, no doubt about that. But go ahead and follow it. Listen to the interview. Probably listen to it again. Make sure that you check out all the Facebook Lives. You check out all of the places that Ken is going to be there with his clients. Buy tickets. Support them. And if you get a chance to see Ken at some of these, shake his hand and tell him thank you. All right, guys. That's going to do it for me. It has been so much fun. We will check you next time on another edition of Front Row Material Brand. The world of NLW Radio never stops. 